Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. My name is Richard, and I'm the podcast announcer. In his sermon, A Prayer Hearing God, Jonathan Edwards wrote, Hence we may learn how highly we are privileged, in that we have the highest revealed to us who is a God that heareth prayer. The podcast aims to exhort, encourage, and explore how to enjoy that privilege to the utmost. Edwards then also says, A God who delights in mercy and is rich unto all that call upon him. Join Fred as we unpack, as you groovy young people say these days, the nurturing of our growing, biblical, dynamic, and soul-satisfying communion with God Almighty. When through fiery trials thy pathway shall lie, my grace all-sufficient shall be thy supply. The flame shall not harm thee, I only design thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this beautiful day. We do bless you and we do thank you that this is not a beautiful day because things are perfect in our lives. It's not a beautiful day because the weather is great. Holy God, it's not a beautiful day because we have more money than we know what to do with. It's a beautiful day because our souls are headed towards Thee. Our lives have been, our names have been written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and we look forward to eternity with the Holy God of the universe. It is mysterious to us, Lord, right now, much of Your will, and we do know that we go through fiery trials and we go through daily frustrations. We deal with our own sin and the sins of others. So we would just bow, bow our hearts before you and pray that you would teach us and keep teaching us to call out, deliver us from evil. Lord, none of us wants to face evil, but we do want your will done. So or as there is need in our spiritual lives, we know that you're consuming the dross. You're taking off the impurities of our life through our trials and you're refining us. And it's not the blessed people who never find Lord Jesus in your word. It, it says it's not the blessed people who don't have trials. The blessed people have trials and are confronted at times with evil. So help us to have the right perspective and help us to seek thee in all these things. We pray that we will listen today, calm our hearts, help us to trust fully in thee, help us to focus on thee and thy will and bring glory to thy name. Again, we print, we present these next few moments to the Holy God of the universe, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. In that beautiful name that we pray, amen. Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. My name is Fred, and I am the host. The prerogatives of our lives, those things that we are able to do, are nearly as infinite as our blessings. Prayer and consistent communion with God, the Lord our God, Jesus our Savior, is the highest prerogative that we have while we are in the flesh. We have the right to come into the throne room of God. And participation in the furtherance, the furtherance of that kingdom is also that high privilege. That's our eternal calling, and that is a high privilege indeed. And for me, you know, the next on my list of blessings is talking prayer, 
being able to talk with God's people about coming to God in prayer. And the fact that you listen is one of those same level blessings as well. So thank you once again. And I'm grateful to the Lord who allows me to serve in all the ways that I'm able to. Now, we're going to touch on a couple of things today. First, I want to mention when I talk about evil, and I talked about evil last time we talked about evil, we used the example of Job and Peter, where Satan was directly involved in their trials, which God allowed, and we saw engineered as well. But when I'm talking about evil for the vast majority of us, the vast majority of times, I'm not talking about that level of evil. But we deal with evil every day, and we know we do. We're foolish if we try to say that we don't. And even, and it's evil from within, it's evil in our flesh. And you know one of my favorite quotes from Spurgeon, and he says, my enemies greatly underestimate me. I am way worse than they think I am. And James tells us in the book of James that we don't need to be tempted by any outside temptation. We're tempted when we focus on sinful things. And the evil of that fallen nature is taken care of in our plea, lead us not into temptation. But we live in a fallen world, so not everything goes our way all the time. And that that frustrates us. There is some evil in the world systems. We know that that's true because the devil's in charge of those things right now. But our need is for that general evil. Again, our fallen world, the evil of others when we meet people with bad attitudes, selfish people, which we are as well. But those are the evils that come in on us as well. Therefore, the evils most of us fear most of the time are things like, that's not fair. That system isn't right. It's not fair. And we might consider them arbitrary evils. The world might consider them accidental evils, but we know they're not. We know they're from God. But we fear, as Christians, arbitrary evil is maybe the best way to put that. But we face it all the time because we don't know what's going to happen in the day. But it's important, it's important to pray, deliver us from evil, because we need that endurance which God will give us in everyday evils. We talked about God helping us in our temptations. He helps us as we face everyday evils. We know we have a God who hears prayer and answers, and our comfort, our trust in him is that when he answers, yes, I will keep you from evil, that's a glory. And when he says, no, this is an evil that you need to experience, which we see when we experience them, that's how we know because we discussed last, last week that we don't face them if he doesn't allow them. So our strength comes from trusting in him, not the evil we may or may not face. And again, even though they may not be the great things of Job and Peter, we know God is in control. As R.C. Sproul, I heard say on more than one occasion, if there's one rogue molecule in the universe anywhere, it makes God, not God. He uses all our pains, all our sorrows in his way to conform us to his son, Jesus, our Savior. And he uses those those daily struggles and evils, which are common to everyone, to conform us again, to do his will in our lives and to give us opportunities in the spread of the gospel as well. 
But it is natural, and we should cry out, deliver us from evil, with the thought in mind that we are asking to be delivered from arbitrary evil. What we want to look at today, then, is the fact that we are praying to God, who is not just one thing. He's a full-fledged person. Personhood comes from God. We don't know personhood unless he tells us about it. He is the person. So the things that we have in our lives that show that we are a person, the attributes that we have of personhood, came from God, flow through God, and he, and he created us in his image. And if you think back, there used to be, or there is an old saw running around that says, if God is all-powerful and he can't create a rock so powerful that he cannot lift it, he can't really be God, therefore there is no God. That's a silly thing. And it took me a while, well, it took me to get saved to realize how silly that really was. But God is a whole person. He's not only power and not only strength, but he's wisdom. And it would just be stupid to try to build a rock so big he can't lift it. So, of course, he can't do that. And it doesn't make him any less God than the fact that he cannot lie makes him less than God. So when we come to God, we cannot come, as this prayer has shown us, in a cookie-cutter fashion, in a formulaic fashion that says, if I pray these things rightly with the right words enough times, remember earlier he told us not to use vain repetition, because that's not how he works. That's not how God works in our lives. And we can't, again, come with the right formula and know we're going to get the response that we want. He has a plan and he has a purpose. Again, for us individually, Romans 8, 28 through 30. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew he predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And whom he predestined, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. All those are in the past tense. And all those talk, speak of us. And all those show us the importance of what God is doing. And the fact that he uses everything, even the evils we face, to bring about his will for us. So we have a relationship with the true holy God of the universe, who is a person. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. He's our Creator. And He cannot be manipulated or cajoled or tricked into doing what we want just because we want Him to. And pursuant to that, just look at the gods of the peoples around Israel who could be manipulated, cajoled, or tricked into doing what the people wanted or even bribed. That's not the true God of the universe, and that's not our God. That's not who we're dealing with. So he answers his prayers according to his will. So it is the nature of prayer, the perspicuity of prayer that we talked about last time, to call out, deliver us from evil, with the faith that submits to his will and his work in our inner man. And today we're going to look at a prophet, Habakkuk, and a king, Jehoshaphat, who were both good. Habakkuk was a righteous prophet. Joseph Jehoshaphat was a, a righteous king. 
They both walked before the Lord. They were both in similar situations, and they both said similar prayers, but they got completely different answers. And the striking thing is the one who was told no is the one that has come to us all the way from the Old Testament, all the way through the New Testament in a very special way. We've hinted at that. We've mentioned that before. We'll see that again. In Second Chronicles 17, we're introduced to Jehoshaphat, a king of Judah, good king. He was not perfect, but he was one of the faithful kings. And then in chapter 20 of Second Chronicles, Jehoshaphat finds himself and his little kingdom being marched on by an enemy set for their destruction. And this is how Jehoshaphat looked at his situation. Now it came about, this is chapter 20, verse 1 of Second Chronicles. Now it came about after this, this that the sons of Moab and the sons of Ammon, together with some Mennonites, not Mennonites, Mennonites, came to make war against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and reported to Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea out of Aram. And behold, they are in Hazazim, Hazazim Tamar, that's in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat was afraid, and he turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. And they all gathered together, verse 4 says, to seek help from the Lord. In 5 through 7, we see the prayer of Jehoshaphat, and it's a wonderful prayer. It's a prayer that I learned a few years ago that I have prayed several times in my life. Actually, the prayer starts in verse 5. Verse 6 says, He said, O Lord, the God of our fathers, art thou not a God in the heavens? And art thou not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in thy hand, so that no one can stand against thee. Didst thou not, O our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people, Israel? And he continues to pray, and he continues to glorify God, and he continues to talk about Israel. And then verse 12 is how he finishes. And he says, O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are on thee. And all Judah was standing before the Lord with their infants and their wives and their children. Verse 14, the next verse, says, The Spirit of the Lord came, av- came upon Jehaziel, I think that's how you say it, and assured Jehoshaphat, is what it, well, what it says is, The Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel and assured Jehoshaphat and his people that God would intervene and Jerusalem would be victorious. So they prayed, Lord, And they said, Lord, we don't have the power. We don't even know what to do. Even if we have the power, we don't know what to do. And it came about through the rest of this chapter that God did do what he said he was going to do. And then for time's sake, in 26 through 27, Judah took up the spoils. They assembled and they blessed the Lord and they worshiped. And then they went home. It says they returned to Jerusalem with great joy for the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. Perfect. And very often we'll come upon a prayer like that and we will think, well, if I just pray this prayer that way, then I'll get what I want. And like I said, it doesn't work that way. You'll remember I've told you before, Psalm 119, 132, 
when I said, as I was praying through that psalm one day a few years ago, turn to me and be gracious to me after thy manner with those who love thy name. And as I thought about that for just a second, thinking that's all I want, Lord, the same blessings. What popped into my mind, I believe by the providence of God, was the manner of his work in his people. And yes, it's a loving spot. It's a blessing. It's a blessed place, but it doesn't mean a trouble-free place. Jehoshaphat actually didn't even avoid any trouble, right? He was afraid. He was worried. The Lord helped him, but that's how he, that's his manner with his people. So we will face evils. It also teaches us to be careful what we pray for, because I can't complain. You know I can't complain. You know I won't complain. God's will has been terrific and merciful and beyond whatever I could ask or think. But there was pain in that process. Now we're going to leave Jehoshaphat for just a moment and we're going to look at Habakkuk. And the book of Habakkuk is basically, it's three chapters, it's basically his prayer, his conversation with God, the Almighty God, about the situation that he finds himself in. This is a few years after Jehoshaphat and the enemies are coming again to do battle with Jerusalem. And so starting in 1 verse 2, Habakkuk says, or gives, the same prayer. Oh, how long, O Lord, will I call for help, and thou wilt not hear? I cry to thee violence, yet thou dost not save. Why dost thou make me see iniquity, and cause me to look at wickedness? Yes, destruction and violence are before me. Strife exists, and contentions arise. And this is eerily similar to Jehoshaphat. Art thou not from everlasting, O Lord, my God, my Holy One? We will not die. Thou, O Lord, has appointed them to judge, and thou, O Rock, has established them to correct. Thine eyes are too pure to approve evil, and thou canst not look on wickedness with favor. Why dost thou look with favor on those who dear deal treacherously? Why art thou silent when the wicked swallow up those more righteous than they? And that's really key because there Habakkuk declares his belief that the children of God were more righteous than their enemies. Now, in chapter 1 and in chapter 2 is basically God's response to Habakkuk. And if you compare him with the rest of the prophets, if you compare those deeds that are happening in those two chapters with the rest of the prophets, what you will see, the conclusion, the only conclusion that you can come to is Judah is not more righteous than their enemies. At least not at this point. They're not. And then God mentions he is using this evil people. He doesn't deny that they're evil, but he does say he's going to use them to punish Judah. Okay, there are two parts of Habakkuk's answer that we're going to look at. And the first one is chapter 3, 16. And this is what Habakkuk says there. I heard, and my inward parts trembled. At the sound, my lips quivered. Decay enters my bones, and in my place I tremble, because I must wait quietly for the day of distress, for the people to arise who will invade us. The answer is no. Those people are coming. God is going to do this thing. And Habakkuk is terrified, trembling, quivering, because he can do nothing about it. Same prayer. Jehoshaphat 
was given the promise that they would be victorious because of what God did, Habakkuk has been answered that they are going to see the distress and invaders because God willed it. God is, God is using those invaders to come. The interesting part and the thing that carries Habakkuk to us in such a powerful way comes into his response because you might think that he would run away and hide or that he would curse God because he was living in a time when they would be invaded. But in verse 17, Habakkuk continues and he says this. If you've never read it, you're in for a blessing. And then go read it. Habakkuk 3.17. We're going to go through 19. Though the fig tree should not blossom, and there be no fruit in on the vines, though the yield of the olive should fail, and the fields produce no food, though the flock should be cut off from the fold, and there be no cattle in the stalls, yet I will exalt in the Lord I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he has made my feet like hind's feet and makes me walk on my high places. He knows he has to stand there, but he says it's a broad place on a rock. And no matter what happens around him, no matter what chaos that comes around him, no blossoming figs, no fruit on the vine, no olives, the flock being cut off, no cattle in the stalls, yet I will exalt in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. So two different sets of God's people in two different situations with the same prayer. God is not a cookie cutter God. We've talked about that. And they get different answers. It wasn't because one was more righteous than the other. It wasn't that one had magic words that the other one didn't have. It was God's timing and God's place for his will to be done in two, for two different streams. Again, I love Jehoshaphat. Verse 12, Second Chronicles 20. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on thee. In his complete weakness and complete helplessness, Jehoshaphat and his prayer for his people was complete dependence on their God, their Savior. In the in my life, the times that I have prayed that prayer, very specifically prayed that prayer, even though things didn't work out uh, the way that I wanted to, and probably none of the time the way that I wanted to exactly, I always felt so much joy and peace when I got up off my knees I was so comforted by being in the presence of God and declaring my weakness. And then again, Habakkuk, though the fig tree should fail, should not blossom, and there be no fruit in the vines, again, no olive, no food, no flock, no cattle, verse 18, yet I will exalt in the Lord, I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. What a great prayer of faith in the face of evil. Say that a few times. A great prayer of faith in the face of evil. And in the book of Habakkuk, the first time we read, the righteous man will live by faith, we find it there. And all the way through, like I've told you, into the New Testament, 
we find that phrase, the righteous man shall live by faith. So the spirit of Habakkuk rests on us as well, not his spirit, but his attitude, which is our point in all of this as far as lead us or deliver us from evil, is sometimes he doesn't, but it's not the most terrible thing in the world, and it's not the final thing in the world. Heaven is the final thing in the world for us. And the fact that Habakkuk and the words of his book are seen over and over again throughout the Bible shows what kind of value God puts on faith, the kind of faith that carries us through even evil things. We do then call out, deliver us from evil. It is natural. We need to do that. Just the way, the same way a loving father calls out to his father that he doesn't want to be hurt. But when we do that, we need to pray in faith, saying, Lord Jesus, the lover of my soul, whatever your will is, that's what I want. Our prayers, all of them, as we grow spiritually, will grow themselves, and they will take us beyond the natural to the supernatural. We can be like Habakkuk, satisfied with his answers, just as satisfied in defeat as Jehoshaphat was in victory in this life, what looked like defeat. It wasn't really defeat. That's the key. But they looked wildly different, didn't they? The answers were different. And who knows, maybe they're hanging around in heaven talking about the glory of what God did in their lives. So keep calling out, but keep calling on them in the faith that God is going to bring into your life only that which you need, which we need. So we will face those evils, but all to the glory of God and understanding that that is for our good. Don't expect from God to be a genie for you to just answer your prayers the way you want him to. Know the word of God. Understand that he is doing his will in your life to conform you to Christ, to glorify himself, and to bring about his plan in every tribe, tongue, and nation. Our dedication then in this episode is, Lord, keep deception and lies far from us. Give us neither poverty nor riches. Feed us with the food that is our portion, lest we be full and deny thee, and keep us from wanting to steal because of what we need, so that we never profane the name of our God. Be blessed, beloved souls. Until next time, let's pray for one another. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. We are praying God uses this episode in some way to encourage your communion with the Holy Savior to sustain your soul. Fred wanted me to tell you he's sorry if you've tried to contact us through Facebook or Twitter. His quote to me was, I don't understand either my Facebook page or Twitter. You can still contact us at freerangeprayer at gmail.com and Instagram is still freerangeministries if you'd like to contact us there. I'm Richard Durrington and still available at durringtonr at gmail.com or visit richarddurrington.com. And until next time, we will pray for one another.